0: Hello and welcome to the I Can Do Podcast with Benjamin Lee. We're here to talk about tips and strategies to have an I Can Do mindset. Life is what you put into it. Get the most you can. Here's your host, Benjamin Lee. Well, this past week has been a good reminder for me about the importance of uh, effective communication. Uh, two things happened Tuesday, almost back-to-back Tuesday morning, that reminded me about the power of effective communication and also when communication doesn't really work out that well, how miscommunication or a lack of communication can happen and the results of that. So Tuesday morning, Josh and I were going to get our hair cut. And we've been going to the same barber now for the last couple of years. And I texted the guy and I said, look, we're going to be a few minutes late. We got there about five minutes late. I don't like being late. So I gave him a heads up that we're going to be a few minutes late. So we got there and the barber shop is closed. It's dark. And I see the owner of the shop walking out. He has a barber school next door. And so I walked over to him and I asked him, hey, you know, do you know if our our guy or barber is going to be here? And he said, oh, has he communicated with you? And I said, no, what's going on? Is everything okay?" And effectively, what he shared with us was that our barber is no longer going to be there. And needless to say, I had a lot of questions and I still haven't gotten a text message back from him. It's been since Tuesday and I still haven't heard anything. Has that happened to you before? Maybe not with your barber, but, you know, when you reach out to someone or you try to communicate with someone and there is just a lack of communication, how does that make you feel? Well, my mind is running about, is everything okay with this guy? Uh, you know, is he hurt? Is he in trouble? And it doesn't look good from a professional standpoint. I'm thankful that the owner of the barber shop and the barber school ended up cutting our hair that past Tuesday, so that worked out well. Not too long after that, I got a text message from another disciple in Christ, and they asked if they could reach out and talk to me about something. I said, sure. And they shared some things with me. They were very clear and concise, and they were vulnerable. They were calm as they communicated something and made a request. And everything worked out perfect. And as I thought about that brief two- or three-minute phone call, conversation, nothing big, nothing sinful in nature, but just communicating, I saw the stark difference between the two, where on one hand, I didn't hear back from the guy, but then on the other hand, someone took the initiative to to reach out, they had a concern, and they wanted to talk a little bit about it. Why am I saying all this? Well, I'm saying all this because good communication skills matter. We understand the importance of good communication skills, hopefully, because Poor communication often leads to, if not careful, hurt feelings, confusion. And just think about all the different relationships that we engage in or are a part of. Think about marriages, for example. Good communication between a husband and wife can build up a marriage. Poor communication can crush it. Good communication between a brother and sister in Christ can, can build up a relationship, a church. And yet poor communication can crush a local congregation. Now, I think we understand this, but all of us face a very challenge or a big challenge, and that is the way that so many of us in the world today communicate, all right? When you think about all the different ways that we communicate, the many ways that we do it are not always the best way. Let me give you a couple of examples of how a lot of people today communicate. I'm sure you probably use some of these means as well. So you got emojis, and maybe some of you communicate this way via text message. Please do not send these to me. I have no idea what they mean. Like, what's going on with this person here? Are, are they being smart? Are they upset? What's happening there? Someone's saying no. All right. And, and this person here, did you say something or did I text something that was offensive? Or did they? are they upset? But this is how a lot of people communicate today. And this one here scares me. Because now I'm wondering, what happened? Who's dead? Who's been hurt? Oh, it's nothing. What? What do you mean nothing? Then why are you doing that? That's how a lot of people communicate. It probably is not the most effective way. And yet a lot of us do that in this. Don't get me started with the apple bubbles. Have you guys experienced that where you text someone and as you wait for their response, you see those bubbles pop up and you just keep looking. And then a minute later, there's nothing. And maybe if you're like me, you've thought, are they upset? How come they're not responding? Maybe I need to send another text message, and then that kind of gets a little bit weird too when you've sent two or three, and all you see are these bubbles or no bubbles. That's not the best way for us to communicate. And yet many times we do it via text. We lose so much in a text message. And email, while that can be a little bit more effective while we can, you know, write things a little bit longer and try to explain things. There are still a lot of things that get lost in translation emotions and feelings and intentions and even with social media we know how this works everyone wants to communicate something and yet most of the time nothing is being communicated or if it is it's something bad about that person or maybe it's showing you maybe what that person may be thinking i think about twitter for example you know you only have a certain amount of characters to try to express something that probably is not the best way to go about communicating Emotions are not fully expressed. And emotions or assumptions can be made. And while there can be some good things about all of this, I think there's a better way for us to communicate. And the Bible gives us some great wisdom when it comes to communicating. If you've been doing your Bible reading, we've been in the wisdom literature. And last week I preached from the book of Job, Job chapter 28. And this week I want to go back to the book of Proverbs. Now we've already read the book of Proverbs. But the book of Proverbs shows us so much when it comes to effective communication. And that's really what I want to talk about, this wisdom that we can put into application immediately. And I want to share with you and make it very clear why this is so important. Our words matter. When I communicate up here, if I say something that is incorrect... One of you, you're going to help me out. I think you said something that's incorrect. Or if I pronounce something sometimes, they're teachers. We all understand this, that how we communicate, it really does matter. And we need to learn and live from the Proverbs. And I wanted to show you how powerful words really are. Look over in Proverbs chapter 18 before we dive into all of this. In Proverbs chapter 18, and I want to read to you two passages first in Proverbs 18 verses 19 through 21. Read that with me, please. Proverbs chapter 18, verses 19 through 21. These verses help us to see the power and the importance of how we communicate, how we talk. Verse 19, a brother offended is harder to be one than a strong city. We know that to be true, I'm sure, with experience. And contentions are like the bars of a citadel, with the fruit of a man's mouth his stomach will be satisfied. He will be satisfied with the, with the product of his lips. Notice verse 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. If you think how we talk to one another, how a husband talks to his wife, how a wife talks to her husband, how we talk to our children, that it doesn't matter, you're wrong. You're going to be in a lot of trouble. And even with the relationships that we have here, how we communicate to one another, it's going to go a very long way. Look over in Proverbs chapter 25. Chapter 25, and I want you to notice verse number 11. Proverbs chapter 25 and verse number 11. The Bible says, like apples of gold and settings of silver is a word spoken in right circumstances. Think about that. We just saw that or have been seeing that in the book of Job. Words and what we say. Go a long way. And how we communicate. Job's friends, they did well when they didn't say anything for that first week. And then they began to get in trouble when they actually started talking. Communication and how we go about communicating, it goes a long way. So what does it look like? Well, first, let's take some things off the table. Things we know to be true, but things that we need to be reminded of. If we're going to be effective in our communication, number one, let's eliminate or make sure we understand what poor communication looks like. Number one, lying. Alright, if we're gonna be effective in our communicating, let us never lie. Tell no lies. Look over in Proverbs chapter 6. In Proverbs chapter 6, it's interesting, as Solomon speaks about what God hates, Notice what he mentions in verses 16 through 18. There are six things which the Lord hates. Yes, seven which are an abomination to him. Notice that language there. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that run rapidly to evil, a false witness who utters lies, and one who spreads strife among brothers. If we're ever going to be effective in how we talk to one another and build up our relationships for the better, tell no lies. Look over in Proverbs chapter 19 and verse number one, Proverbs chapter 19 and verse number one. And let's see what other wisdom we have here when it comes to what we say, Proverbs chapter 19 and verse number one, better is a poor man who walks in his integrity than he who is perverse in speech, and as a fool. Yeah, we're better off being poor than the way that we communicate, and that would include telling lies. In chapter 12 and verse number 19, and we may not always think about how it's better to have little, but have your integrity. If you don't have your integrity, you don't really have much. In Proverbs chapter 12 and verse number 19, look at the distinction here, and we'll come back to this passage later on, Lord willing. Truthful lips will be established forever. But a lying tongue is only for a moment. Think about that. Sometimes we may have this idea, or the world has this idea. Young people can have this idea. In our marriages, we can have this idea that, well, I'm just going to lie about this, but more often than not, we get found out. And yeah, we can say a lie, but it's always going to get uncovered eventually. Lying is only for a moment. Tell no lies. When we engage in lying, well, it's something that God hates. It's sinful in nature. And it will never improve the relationship. It will always worsen the relationship. So poor communication, that's what it looks like. When we engage in lying, and think about we don't like it when someone else lies to us. So let's be sure that we don't lie to, to one another. Secondly, poor communication is when we engage in gossip. When we engage in gossip, look over uh, look over in Proverbs chapter sixteen and verse number twenty-eight. Let's see if that made the slide here. There it is. Proverbs sixteen and verse number twenty-eight. Gossip is really a coward's way of communicating. Um, you know, gossip gossip tears down. Gossip never unites. Uh, gossip may make the person who is gossiping feel better and superior and more powerful, but it will never. End well. In Proverbs 16 and verse number 28, I'm reading from the New American Translation. A perverse man spreads strife, and a slanderer—some translations may say whisperer or gossip—a slanderer separates intimate friends. How do you ruin a friendship? Engage in gossip. You see, this is wisdom that we can apply immediately, and maybe some of us have experienced the pain and the wounds of gossip. It does no good, and you may not be at a coffee, uh, you know, at a coffee shop talking one on one with someone, but we can still gossip even through our text messages. We can gossip through emails. We can gossip on social media. We want to avoid it at all cost. Look over in Proverbs chapter twenty-six in verse. Uh, Verse number 17. We'll get started there in just a second. This is never going to help us out with effectively communicating and building relationships and strengthening one another. Look at verse number 17. Now, there's some things in these passages here, or these verses here, that you can meditate upon and ponder and go back and study. Like one who takes a dog by the ears. That maybe is not a good idea, right? Is he who passes by and meddles with strife? not belonging to him. So there's a warning about what we engage in or what we get ourselves involved in. And he said in verse 18, like a madman who throws firebrands, arrows, and death, so is the man who deceives his neighbor. Be careful with your relationships with the people in your neighborhood. Notice what he says next in verse number, the second half of verse 19. He says, was I not joking? For lack of wood, the fire goes out, and where there is no whisperer, here's this idea of gossip, where there is no whisperer, contention quiets down. So there is something positive there. When we refrain from gossiping, it will actually make things better. But when we engage in it, it's only going to make things worse. Like charcoal to hot embers and wood to fire, so is a contentious man to kindle strife. Think about that. We'll come back to that. The words of a whisperer, and I think this is the challenge for all of us. While we have these warnings that gossip is bad, I want you to consider what he says in verse 22. The words of a whisperer are like dainty morsels, and they go down into the innermost parts of the body. There seems to be something appealing or attractive with respect to, to gossip at times. And yet the, the wisdom that we have in the book of Proverbs is you, you stay away from it at all costs. It will not benefit your relationships. It will only hinder what you are trying to do. Things will end badly, and there is a danger for all of us It can happen very quickly. And so we need to be careful and wise with our intentions and our motivations of why we're doing what we're doing and why we're talking about What we're discussing as well. What poor communication looks like? Being contentious. The person who's always almost anxious to quarrel. Argumentative. You know, where people are almost afraid to share something because they know, well, this is his reputation. Or that's her reputation. Well, that's not going to help us when it comes to effective communication. In Proverbs chapter 21 and verse number 19... Proverbs 21 and verse number 19, and I'll just read a couple of passages here. You'll see, again, why we need to avoid this. Look at chapter 21 and verse 19. It is better to live in a desert land than with a contentious and vexing woman. There's a lot of betters in the book of Proverbs, all right? Chapter 25 and verse number 24. Notice what the Bible says here, chapter 25 and verse number 24. And it's interesting because this is talking about the home, talking about husbands and wives. It's better to live in a corner of the roof than in a house shared with a contentious woman. You see, a person who is contentious in nature, it doesn't attract people. It doesn't invite more conversation. It doesn't invite being closer It repels people. In chapter 27 and verse number 15, notice what the Bible says here about this idea of this heart of being contentious. A constant dripping on a day of steady rain and a contentious woman are alike. Being contentious. Well, that is not how we're going to effectively communicate. We need to stay stay away from this. It doesn't help us. It hinders relationships. Gossiping hinders relationships. Lying hinders relationships. And yes, this can happen also with the men as well. Both men and women can be very contentious. And something else that will always get in our way that will lead to poor communication is how we handle the emotion of anger. All of us will be angry at times. And one of the best examples is with Nehemiah. We're not going to go there, but Nehemiah, he was very angry in chapter 5. But he paused and contemplated. And anger, we have to be able to control it, and we can control it according to Ephesians chapter 4. and Proverbs chapter 15 and verse number 18, the Bible says, A hot-tempered man stirs up strife. But the slow to anger calms a dispute. There will be times when we find ourselves having some kind of dispute. But how we handle the emotion of anger can resolve that dispute. We can decide if we're just going to lose all control, and it only makes things worse. And yeah, I understand that these, these may not happen every single time, but it is something for us to consider that, yes, this is effective. And this is something that we need to avoid. In chapter 15, maybe the passage you were thinking about, in verse number 1, a gentle answer turns away wrath. You see, how we talk, how we communicate, how we respond, there's a dialogue that's going on, a back and forth. And even when something may be challenging to hear, a gentle answer turns away wrath. But a harsh word stirs up anger. That's why communication is so important. A painful word can separate intimate friends, can hurt relationships. And so we have to be willing to control our emotions and to control how we talk to one another. Lying, gossiping, being contentious, contentious, being angry, responding in these ways. If this is our default mode, we're not going to get too far. And yet, think about how we interact with one another. Brothers and sisters in Christ have a lot of interaction on social media. And more often or not, the people behind the social media, the algorithms, they want the anger. They want the outburst. They want the extreme view. And this is what we see in the news. And this is what we see in politics. Politicians cursing one another. And sadly... This is what some may even experience in their homes, behind closed doors. I think we may be surprised at what can happen, even for people in the body of Christ. That's not okay. That's poor communication. It's not the will of God. What is the will of God is being wise in the way that we communicate with one another. What does that look like? Let me give you five thoughts. Number one, we have to be honest. Tell no lies. That's what Proverbs chapter six says. And you think about God, think about the Godhead. God is faithful. That's a theme all throughout the Old Testament. He is faithful and he is trustworthy and all he does. John 14 and verse six, Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. The spirit is described as the spirit of truth. In John chapter 16, verses 12 and 13, because that's what he did. He would reveal truth to the apostles, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. They're truthful and faithful and honest in all things. God cannot lie, according to Titus chapter 1. And so like our Father in heaven, we should seek to be truthful in everything that we do. That includes in how we communicate with one another. And sometimes people may be afraid, well, if I'm if I am truthful and honest, what if I hurt the person? Or if I'm truthful and honest with my spouse, what might happen? Well, there's a way that we can communicate in the spirit of truth and love. That's Ephesians chapter four. But truth and honesty are always our best friends. Always our best friend. Lying can be appealing because it may be an easier easier way out. we don't have to face and confront certain things. But truth is always going to be our friend. Proverbs chapter 12 and verse number 17. Notice what the Bible says here. He who speaks truth tells what is right. But a false witness deceit. And I don't think any of us want to be described as being one who is deceitful in nature. Being honest, here's what it looks like. We tell what is right. What is true. What is correct. And chapter 14 and verse number Chapter 14 and verse number 5. Look at chapter 14 and verse number 5. A trustworthy witness will not lie, but a false witness utters lies. In everything that we do, we want people to be trustworthy. We take our car to the shop. We want that that mechanic to be trustworthy, reliable, dependable. We go to the doctor's office. We We don't want to worry about whether or not they're being honest with us. We want them to be truthful and honest and communicate what needs to be said. You want to know what effective communication looks like? Be honest. Tell the truth. The whole truth and nothing but the truth. We can communicate that to one another. We can talk like that. We should be able to talk like that to one another. Be honest. Secondly, be slow to speak. That's sometimes a challenge. But this is how we can control anger, be slow to speak and quick to hear. You see, a wise person will guard their lips. And I think about Job's three friends. They were really good at the first part of the book. <laughs> there was some wisdom just being there for the person. I've gotten in myself, got myself in the trouble a lot of times because I've not always guarded my lips. Chapter 13, verse three, the one who guards his mouth preserves his life. The one who opens wide his lips comes to ruin. There's wisdom being slow to speak. There's wisdom contemplating what we're going to say. There's wisdom taking time before we answer. In chapter 15 and verse number 28, chapter 15 and verse number 28, notice what the Bible says here. The heart of the righteous ponders how to answer that's nehemiah chapter 5 but the mouth of the wicked pours out evil things that's facebook most of the time right something something breaks and everybody just pours out everything without even thinking without even having all the facts and yet sometimes we can do that in our marriages sometimes we can do that with brothers and sisters in christ be careful how we speak Be slow to speak. This could be said about emails and social media, text messages. Proverbs chapter 29, verse number 20. I don't believe that's on the slide there, but Proverbs chapter 29 and verse number 20. Add this to your notes if you're taking notes. Notice what the Bible says here. Do you see a man who is hasty in his words? Do you know a man or a woman like that? There is more hope for a fool than for him. The way we can effectively communicate is to be wise, guard our lips, to think, to ponder. It's not about who can speak the fastest, but rather who may be the wisest. Be honest and be slow to speak. That is effective communication. When Paul had to talk to Peter, he was honest with Peter. Paul was under control. Nehemiah was under control. Number three, we need to say what we need to say. Now, all of this, obviously, we can't look at all, not this or not that, but we need to speak in a spirit of truth and love, but we also need to be able to say what is needed. It's not going to help us in our relationships. It would not have helped Peter or Barnabas or those other disciples if Paul never went to him and communicated what needed to be said. And that certainly, I'm sure, was an intimidating moment. But I think about Judea and Syntyche that we're going to be looking at in Philippians chapter 4. Well, there was some, some disharmony there, and they needed some help. And we often are going to fall into that as well. So we have to be able to say what needs to be said in a spirit of truth and love. Proverbs chapter 27, notice in verse number 5 and verse number 6, Better is an open rebuke than love that is concealed. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. But deceitful are the kisses of an enemy. When we have friends that are honest enough to talk to us, to share with us, to warn us, to even rebuke us, well, that's a blessing because we know they're doing it in love. And there are times where we will have to have some crucial conversations. Sometimes things may need to be corrected, and we have to have that truth and love to communicate that. It's no good to have phony love and praise. Yes men, that's how I think they're described sometimes in leadership, where everybody around you just says, yeah, whatever you want to do, that's a great idea, do it. No, that's not going to work long term. And when you think about this, communication has to be a two-way street. If we are willing to say what is needed, how we respond to what is given will also go a long way. In chapter 19, verse number 25, notice what the Bible says here. Chapter 19 and verse number 25. Proverbs 19 and verse number 25. Strike a scoffer and the naive may become shrewd, but reprove one who has understanding and he will gain knowledge. You know, how we respond to to feedback or to correction is going to go a long way. And so with communication, we need people in our lives Who will tell us some hard things. And we need to also be wise enough and to be able to receive those things for our benefit. That happened with Peter and Paul, David and Nathan, and I'm sure so many other examples that we could think about in the Word of God. But this is going to be important when we think about talking to one another, communicating effectively. We have to have the courage to be honest, and we have to be in control. And there are times where we're going to have to say what is needed, even when it may be challenging. And as we have these difficult conversations, we need to make sure that we gather up all the facts. It can be easy sometimes to speak without having all the details. That often happens in social media, but it can happen even in our world as well. In Proverbs chapter 18, in verse number 17, the Bible says, "...the first to plead his case seems right." Until another comes and examines him. So one person can have a particular view or may feel like they are correct until someone else comes and and maybe sheds some more light or helps them to understand something that maybe they missed. And this can often happen. We can come to a conclusion or just assume that we are right, but then someone else comes along and helps us to see, well, wait a second, you've missed something. And our world, this is the challenge because our world is so quick to respond immediately. Who can have the first sound bite? Who can be right first? But we have to be willing to give to get all of the facts. In chapter 12, verse 16 and 17, chapter 12, verse 16 and 17, we have to be willing to, to gather up. And we we can't always be rash or hasty with coming to a conclusion until we have all the details. A fool's anger is known at once, but a prudent man conceals dishonor. He who speaks truth tells what is right, but a false witness deceit. How we respond and getting all the facts and details and slowing down to make sure that we have it correct is going to go a long way. But if we're going to make this happen, We have to listen carefully and we must be fair with the information we have and the information that others may share about us. And I think about Job. His friends thought that they were right, thought that they had this understanding, this perfect knowledge about what was happening. And it's not until the end of the book in chapter 42 that God is going to tell them, you have not spoken of me what is true. And so sometimes we have to slow down to make sure, not sometimes, all the time. We have to slow down to make sure we get all the facts. That is how we can effectively communicate and make sure we're on the same page to make sure that problems don't arise and that problems can be resolved. And then finally, when we have the opportunity, effective communication at the end of the day is still going to be a one-on-one type of thing, a one-on-one relationship I'm using these verses here just to show how Solomon, he was speaking directly to his son. And there could be some other examples, but I was just trying to think about what examples do we have of in the Proverbs of a person going to another person. And I like just how Solomon, he's addressing his son. He's making it very clear, I am talking to you, my son, if you will receive my words and treasure my commandments with you. He does this in the first few chapters here in chapter 3 and verse number 1. He says the same thing essentially. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let my, let your heart keep my commandments. And then in chapter 4, hear, O sons, the instruction of a father. There is something important whether it's a father-son relationship to make sure that we understand who are we talking to can we go to this person can we have a one-on-one discussion Peter and Paul Paul went to Peter and confronted him to his face not because he hated him but because he loved him Judia and Syntyche would have to have some kind of sit down at some point in time God told Nathan, you go to David and tell him you are the man. And this takes great courage and humility to be able to have these kinds of conversation. But listen, this is all over the word of God. In Matthew chapter 5 in the Sermon on the Mount, there's an expectation that Jesus has for us of communicating things and reconciling and Forgiving one another and making things right. In Matthew chapter 5 verse number 23, we're picking it up in the middle of the context. But Jesus said, therefore, if you are presenting your offering at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, what do you do? Leave your offering there before the altar and go. Go to who? Go to your brother. Go to your sister. First, be reconciled to your brother. And then come and present your offering. Now, many times, we don't always like to be confrontational. But it doesn't necessarily have to be confrontational. This is something that Jesus has an expectation that we do. And even if it does get to that point, look how important it really is. When we're under control... When we're doing things with the right motives, when we're honest and saying what actually needs to be said, look how things will be resolved. That's effective communication. Way more better than lying about it. I love what Kim Williver said a number of years ago in 2018. It's not a sin to be angry, but it's a sin to lie about it. How we communicate it it goes a long way. James, in the New Testament, reminds us about the power of the tongue. Let's conclude there. In James chapter 3, James reminds us about the power of the tongue. And it's often the little things that can trip us up or cause us to, to lose focus. And James reminds us about communication, motives, intentions. Though they are so great and are driven by strong winds, are still directed by a very small rudder wherever the inclination of the pilot desires. So also the tongue is a small part of the body, and yet it boasts of great things. See how great a forest is set aflame by such a small fire. Relationships can be destroyed. Churches can be destroyed. Marriages are not careful can be destroyed. Things can be put on fire. And the tongue is a fire, the very world of iniquity. The tongue is set among our members as that which defiles the entire body and sets on fire the course of our life and is set on fire by hell for every species of beast and birds of reptiles and creatures of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by the human race. But no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil and full of deadly poison with it. We bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come both blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be this way. Does a fountain send out from the same opening both fresh and bitter water? Can a fig tree, my brethren, produce olives or vine produce figs? nor can salt water produce fresh. Who among you is wise and understanding? Let him show by his good behavior his deeds and the gentleness of wisdom. Let us be wise and let us be understanding. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. The fruit of the Spirit is self-control, and we must control our tongue. We must control how we speak and how we communicate with one another. Solomon and the wisdom literature show us the right way. Show us the godly way. My prayer is that my communication this morning was clear and with love. And I hope that you have received it in the same manner as well. What's amazing with all of this when you think about effective communication is that God in heaven Has communicated to man. Effectively communicated to us. And these last days. He has spoken through his son. And we have according to. Ephesians chapter 3. Verses 3, 4 and 5. His revelation. Where we can hear it. Read it. And understand it. And that. Is what we need to listen to. My prayer is that we will listen to what God has to say and respond with obedience. Thank you for your attention this morning. Maybe there's someone here who needs to respond today. Maybe you need to respond, and maybe you need to acknowledge that Jesus is the Son of God. Confess your faith in Him and turn away from your sins and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. We'd love to hear your confession, and we'd love to see you be buried with Christ in water, in baptism for the forgiveness of your sins. If that's you, come now as we stand and as we sing. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. If you are in the need or looking for more motivation in your life, feel free to check out my website, BenjaminLee.blog where you can find hundreds of encouraging, motivational blog posts on a variety of subjects. You can find all of my books, which can also be found on Amazon.com and other podcast interviews with a variety of people. I hope this helps. Please leave me a rating and a review. I can do, and so can you. Take care, and God bless.